Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. All right, I want to welcome you to today's message. You know something? Today, you're going to church with people all over the world. You know, uh, uh, man, I hate. I hate what our country and what the world is going through, and I hate the devastating effect that it's having on churches all over America. But uh, you know something? For 40 years, I have been warning pastors and churches that in our lifetime, we should be ready for our churches to function uh, whether we can or can't have congregational meetings. Because, you know, the truth is we'll probably get through this crisis. Hopefully we'll get through this crisis. But I can guarantee you this, the day will come when if we are reliant upon congregational meetings alone to be the backbone and the source and the core for our church meetings, uh, we're going to be in trouble. Because the biblical model is that congregational meetings are incredibly important, but they are not the most important aspect of what happens in church. The most powerful thing that's ever happened in church is really home meetings or small group meetings where people connect and people talk and people discuss and people actually take what they're hearing, and have a chance to find ways to implement it in their life and share with other people. So you know something, that's why that we have cyber church. That's why we have had cyber church now for, I guess around 15 years and everything that we've ever done in church on any level has always used homegrown meetings as the backbone or the core. So I want to encourage you. You know, if you're in a situation where you're not able to go to church, uh, get people together, watch these, watch these cyber church broadcasts, and, and talk about them, discuss them, talk about how you're going to implement them, talk about what you like, what you don't like, what you agree with, what you don't agree with, what you understand, what you don't understand. But the main thing is walk out figuring out, not if you just agree with me or whoever you're listening to, but walk out saying, out of what I heard today, what will I put in practice in my own life? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that makes what you hear uh, uh, have any real rev relevance is if you develop it, you nurture it in your heart, and you make a decision about how you're going to live this out in your life. So, you know, we're talking about ma miraculous probabilities. I love this subject matter. As you know, I rarely go this long on a series. And by the way, you'll notice there is a difference in, in our look here, and the video quality may even be a little lower. There's a reason for that because we're observing the uh, – you know, the social distancing. And so we're shooting all of this right now. I'm just shooting it myself up in my office, in my study, in my home, so that, uh, uh, so that my video production man does not have to come in, doesn't have to be, you know, none of us have to come in contact with each other. And we're, and we're just practicing uh, good, safe health things that we need to do here. Now, you know, every week when I introduce this program, I talk about life at its best because that's really what, not just what this broadcast is about. It's not what, just what cyber church is about, but life at its best is at the core of what is, is what church is supposed to be about. You know, uh, 
I, you know, I won't go into this t today, but I want you to understand we have one model for what ministry is supposed to look like, for what our journey as believers is supposed to look like, and that is coming the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, all the things that they that they dealt with, all the things that they learned, all their challenges, all their victories, and going into the promised land. That is our model. And then Jesus came and taught us what that kind of looks like in real life, how we how we take that and interpret it in light of how we treat each other, how we take that and, and um, uh, you know, make it make sense in real life. But Jesus came that you might live abundant life. And so we are doing everything we can to equip you to make the journey from coming out of Egypt to going into the promised land. And so um, every, every time you hear me speak, you're going to discover more and more and more about what you have in Jesus, what's available to you, what God's provided for you, and how you can participate in it. You know, today we're talking about observation is creation. Now, something that modern religionists have totally not just ignored, but have made sure to uh, get out of our mindset and our faith base is, is that God created us to be co-creators in what happens here on planet Earth. Now, that's not a New Age concept. That's a biblical concept. Actually, ancient Hebrews always believed that, and the Hebrew language points to that in a very definitive way, is that God brought creation to a certain point, and then he gave man authority here on planet Earth, and then he verbalized this more than once, that man was to finish what God had started, uh, not finish it uh, maybe in some of the senses that we might think about, but he was to take God's truth and multiply that truth throughout the world so that the world could experience what God initiated in, in the Garden of Eden. Now, <clears throat> you heard me mention this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review a lot. This is, so, this is so essential to your faith walk. This is so essential to you living in victory, no matter what's going on around you that we have to keep repeating this. And also because you have heard just the opposite of what the Bible says, probably your entire Christian life. And in your entire Christian life, one of the things that you have heard is that God is in control. I'll tell you, it breaks my heart. It, it's, it just makes me so sad. Every time you see a tornado where people are devastated, or every time you hear about somebody's baby dying somewhere, people say, well, look, God's got a plan. I may not understand it, but God's got a plan. The greatest lie in the religious world, which was introduced into planet Earth, it really started immediately when man came out of the garden. But the greatest Luciferian lie is that God is in control of everything. And, you know, I have studied Satanism. I've looked at it. I want to understand what they believe. I want to understand what they teach. And so, as I want to understand, at the core of Satanism, at the core of Luciferianism, at the core, really, at the core of, of socialism, at the core of communism, at the core of almost every human philosophy, is either God is not real or doesn't exist. But when you get down to the core of, of Satanism or Luciferianism, what you discover is the, philo the core philosophy is this. 
God is in control of everything. And since you have wars and since you have sickness and since you have death and since you have dying, then that is the proof that God is not a good God and cannot be trusted. And sadly, even though it's not put in those terms, when you say God's in control of everything and, and there is disease and there is war and all this, then, then, then obviously there's mass confusion. Well, that's what Christianity has been in for uh, about 1,800 years is mass confusion because of rejecting what the Scripture says. Because the Scripture says that God created man in his own likeness and image and gave man dominion. And then you look at Psalms, what is it, 115, verse 16, I think it is, where it says, you know, the heavens belong to God, but earth he's given to man. You look at, you look at Psalm 8, where, where it talks about what is man that you're mindful of him. You put all things under his feet. And you look at Psalm 82, where he says, look, where basically God is rebuking mankind and saying, look, you guys are in control here. You are the judges that I've set up. And, and, and he said, haven't I called you gods? You know, Jesus quoted that scripture to the Pharisees. And man, I'm telling you, they, this is where their hair caught on fire. This is where they determined they were going to kill him. That was blasphemy. But, you know, God didn't say that in the sense that we're God's like he is, so to speak, but in the sense that we have authority here on planet Earth. Read these, read these scriptures for yourself, and then, you know, if you try to explain them away, then, then it's really obvious you don't believe the Bible. But if you look at them and say, okay, I don't understand it, but God, I'm going to open my heart to you. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be my teacher. I'm going to read other scriptures. I'm going to compare scripture to scripture, and I'm going to find the answers that I'm looking for. Uh, you will come down to to grasp that you are far more significant in what happens in planet Earth than you have ever, ever, ever allowed yourself to believe. Now, one of the things that we know, and you hear me say this a lot, science is slowly catching up with the Bible. Now, when there is a, when there is a conflict or contradiction between science and the Bible, what you will always find is you will find dogma on one side or the other or on both sides. Uh, Many times, misunderstandings, mistranslation, misinterpretation of Scripture causes people to have beliefs that contradict with, with what would be maybe true science. Now, I'm not saying all science is true science, but in that kind of dogma, then, then there's conflict. But likewise, there are scientists who have dogma that for their presenting theories that have not been proven, and sometimes they're presenting theories with the intention to try to disprove the Bible. But I got news for you. When there's a proper understanding of the Word of God, and when there's true science, there is never, ever, ever any conflict. Remember, Paul told us this in the book of Romans, first chapter, down in about verse 20 or 21. He said, he said, he said, all of the unseen aspects of God. All of this can be understood by what can be seen through creation. And so, so through creation, as long as we don't distort creation and twist it into something else, we can understand a lot about the character and nature of God because we will see his benevolence in creation. We will see uh, how he relates to man. We will see the value that God has for man when we are willing to look at creation you know, as it really is. Now, one of the things that has happened with the advent of quantum physics, you know, quantum physics gets down to looking at the, 
the universe and the subatomic world. This gets, you know, Newtonian physics for the longest time became the, the embraced logic of the scientific world and, and even eventually became the embraced the logic of, of the world of faith, of the Christian world. Now, now the problem with that is what we, what we didn't understand is that Newtonian physics did apply and is accurate to large objects, to matter that can be, that can be seen. But what we didn't accept and, and what we didn't know, even though the Bible had already always told us this, is that, is that there is a subatomic world. Uh, there is an invisible world and everything that you can see, everything that can be seen comes from this unseen aspect of the universe. Now, we now know that, that we're talking about the quantum level there. And so as quantum science has, has evolved, and it's always interesting to me that so many Christians think that quantum science is of the devil. Uh, but as quantum science has evolved, now we understand statements that the Bible makes that honestly science didn't even understand and, and the church didn't understand. And, and, and many, of the, many of the ways that the church has mysticized the Bible and made it unacceptable to the scientific world is by mysticizing things we didn't understand about the unseen world. You know, I heard a scientist the other day, a Christian scientist, and he and uh, you know I thought well bless his heart he means well but he's really confused because he was talking about the fact that he had no conflict between faith and between science until you until Christians presented people of faith presented the idea of God intervening with physics and I thought mm, that is that is so sad now as believers we have a tendency to think that a miracle is something that happens when God violates the laws of physics, the natural laws of the world. Well, I have a problem with that because since the Bible says in Romans 1 that I can, that I can understand, I can comprehend uh, the character and the nature of God, through these laws of physics, through these things that God's created, then the problem is if God violates any of those, it's going to violate or it's going to distort my perception of God. So, so what I've come to realize is this. Continually, science is discovering subatomic laws, if you will, that we didn't know before, we didn't know it scientifically, but it's about how energy works in the subatomic world. And the truth is a miracle is not when God violates a law of physics. It's when we operate in a law of physics that because we trust what God says, even though we can't explain it, but it's not a violation of physics. Now, You've all heard me refer to Max Planck, and I think it was like 1927, whenever he got his, uh, got his Nobel Peace Prize. And, and, and in his speech, he was talking about how that, how that man thinks that he is simply observing the universe while all of these random acts are going on. But he said that the, the truth is we are in interplay with the world, and it is becoming what we perceive it or believe it to be, to become. Now that is incredible. 
And what's more, that lines up with the whole concept that we have uh, authority, influence, and actually become co-creators, if you will, with God in this world. And we have the opportunity to make, to bring this world into harmony with God or to take this world out of harmony with God and into disharmony and destruction. But it is all based on what we believe, who we trust, what we do, what our morals and values and intentions are. You know, one of the really interesting things with the understanding that our universe is in fact, uh, in interaction with intelligent life, one of the things that that tells us right off the bat about our universe is this. It could have only then come into existence through intelligent life. You know, there's this concept called intelligent design. And, even, and there, there are people who do not believe in God, but they do believe in intelligent design. Well, people who are committed to not believing in anything that might support God or, or morals, absolute morals and ethics and this sort of thing. They are against intelligent design. But the thing is, if this world is interactive with human life, and some scientists believe that this world can only ex continue to exist as long as there's human life that is in interaction with it. Well, if we got an interactive universe that has to have intelligent life, then I can tell you this, it took an intelligent life to create it. And that intelligent life is God, our father, the creator, man. But this opens our understanding to what it means for man to have authority and what we can do in this world. Let me just mention this real quick. Like if, if you are someone who is really serious about going somewhere in your faith that maybe you've never been, I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about leaving the Bible. I'm talking about you want to see God as the almighty God, as the almighty creator that can, that can bring anything to pass and that, has taught us how to bring things to pass, then you might want to dive into my series, Miraculous Probabilities. Now, let me say this. In these broadcast series, I'm giving you stuff that's not in that series, but in that series, there's all kinds of things that are not in this broadcast. I'm just trying to give you everything I can. And, uh, and that's why we put these broadcasts out here for free. We want to be a blessing to everybody. But there's always people who want to go a little bit deeper, who are more committed to being a disciple, more committed to developing their heart and their beliefs. So be sure and check out Miraculous Probabilities. And uh, man, you can download it today and you can be jumping into stuff that I haven't, won't even ever be able to get to. It would just take me months to get into it in this series. Now you've heard me talk about the two pillars of, cre of creation, or you might even say the two pillars of faith. And, and the two pillars, in other words, the two pillars that uphold Everything about faith start with how God created the world, and then secondly, how God created the man. Man. Now, I'm not going to repeat this just like I have so many other times because I want to take in a little more dimension of this. But just remember, when the Bible says in the Hebrew, when God says, God, when the Bible says, God said, let there be. Well, we understand that Hebrew word for said, that the emphasis there is not primarily on the fact that he spoke. The emphasis there is that he conceived something in his heart first, and then he spoke with intention. And everything about faith, 
and Jesus taught us this, we should have the faith of God. When Jesus talked about mountain-moving faith, the model that he used was the exact model of how God created all things. Yet, the phenomenal thing is, honestly, more and more and more Christians do not believe the creation account, the biblical account of creation. And I'm just going to tell you something. If you don't believe the biblical account of creation, you're always going to struggle with faith. You're always going to struggle with trusting God. You're always going to struggle. You're going to be on and off and up and down. And I'll tell you something else. If you do not believe the biblical account of creation, you can never actually know, grasp, understand, and operate your faith as a, as a child of God. And, and, and if you can't operate your faith and authority as a child of God, then the real truth is you're going to be tossed to and fro with the circumstances of life, and you're going to feel powerless to do anything about it, and you're going to be begging God. You're going to call it prayer, but you're going to be begging God to do what he gives you the authority to do, which, in fact, he can't even do because he gave authority to man here in this realm called planet Earth. By the way, let me just, just take a little real quick reminder of this. I want to remind you, we have what we call Operation 1B, and Operation 1B is an effort that we have been working all over the world to start Bible schools in third world countries. And it is our intention to start 3,000 Bible schools in third world countries and not just convert people to Christianity, but develop them into disciples so that they will continue to multiply this to the ends of the earth. If you're interested in helping us reach a billion people and develop them into disciples that will keep multiplying to the ends of the earth. Go to, go to my website, drjimrichards.com or go to impactministries.com, which both of those addresses will get you to the same place and check out world changers or check out operation one B. We are serious about this. We're going to do this and everybody in the world needs to know what I'm sharing with you today about the authority of the believer. Now, so you have to understand something. If we are in an interaction with, with, the, the, the subatomic world, which ultimately is where we get the seen world, the material world. And then, then we need to understand how that works, lest we unintentionally bring about incredibly destructive results in that, in that realm. Now, <clears throat> in, this, in this subatomic world, Something that science has told us that you can see, again, through the scripture is this. When experiments are done at the subatomic level, then one of the things that's so incredibly interesting is two people could do the same experiment and the outcome would be different. Why would the outcome be different? Well, because of the person that is observing the experiment. And it's not a matter of faith. It's not a matter of trying to believe for a different outcome, even though that could come into play. It's just the fact that you see something differently. Maybe you expect it to come out differently. And, and you know, honestly, I could just spend an entire uh, broadcast or an entire cyber church program talking about uh, variabilities. As a matter of fact, we may get into variabilities next week and talk about how that one of the reasons our faith is so 
uh, on and off, hit and miss, is because we don't understand the law of variabilities and how that works in faith and how that works in, in God's creation. But stop and think about it. Two people can conduct or observe the same experiment, and by doing nothing but observing, the outcome is changed, which means whatever the end result, whatever could be created from that outcome uh, is going to change. And this is why I entitled this message, Observation is Creation. The fact that we have a paradigm, the fact that we have a worldview, the fact that we have a way of seeing things has an influence on how the world evolves. It has an influence on how economy evolves, it has an influence on how morality evolves, it has an influence on everything that happens in this world. Remember, we are created in God's likeness and image. Now, once, once we, we come to believe something in our mind, intellectually, and, and actually once it becomes a belief of the heart, and by the way, those are two different stages of influence. In your mind, when you think something while you're observing it, we know that there is an influence that is imposed on whatever you observe, and it can actually uh, be measured. But we also know that the heart, which is more than just thoughts, the heart is, gets into beliefs, that the heart has a much more powerful effect on what you observe, whether it's what you observe in your life, in your finances, in your health, or just in the world around you. And so once something becomes a belief, you can't help the way this belief is going to act on the world around you, act on the people around you. You know, uh, according to some scientific research, this is a very high probability, and I think it to be true based on research that I've done with people. But, you know, every time your heart beats, it sends out a signal. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, go to the hospital. They'll put, you know, they'll, they'll do an EKG and, and, and same, same way. They can do the same thing with your brain. They can pick up the electromagnetic energy that is coming from you based on what you're thinking, what part of your brain, which determines what part of your brain you're thinking with. It, uh, they can put it on your heart and they can get these signals from your heart. Now, I want you to understand something. This world and our bodies and all, everything that's going on uh, is managed on, a, on, on a, a physical level by electromagnetic energy. And uh, our body is an electromagnetic system, and everything about our body was created not, as an electromagnetic system that needed to be on a planet exactly like planet Earth in order for it to be healthy, for it to be functional. That's why, that's why you're never going to find human life anywhere else out in the universe because only planet Earth has all of the properties, or, or excuse me, all the properties to sustain human life that's created in the likeness and the image of God. Now, <clears throat> so every time your heart beats, it sends out a signal. Now, we, we, we measure it, you know, uh, when we put these pads on our chest, on our skin, but, but it's, it's really foolish to think 
that that stops there. It doesn't stop there. We don't even know how far it goes. As a matter of fact, studies have been done where they can take cells from a human body. And I participated in some of these studies. And you can, you can take cells from the human body. You can separate those by thousands of miles. And any changes that take place in your body here, even though there's absolutely no connection between you and those cells, thousands of miles away, they're going to change. That is beyond comprehension. Now, if, if that can happen, then very much we need to understand that, that that can happen in the physical world around us. And so we hold beliefs in our heart, and the probability is that every time our heart beats, not just an electromagnetic signal because these carry information, the information that's carried by your heartbeats updates your, every cell in your body every time your heart beats to say, this is who I am, this is who I'm going to be. But I'll tell you what else it does. It carries the beliefs into the world around you and says, this is what my world is going to become. And the fact that I am looking at the world around me the way I'm looking at it, the, the fact that I have opinions in my mind, and the fact that I have beliefs in my heart, are shaping the world that I live in. And the real truth is you get enough people believing and thinking the same kind of things. The real truth is together in a harmony that's probably unintentional while we're praying for God to do something great in our world, we are destroying it with the beliefs of our heart because observation is creation. Listen, be sure and join me next week. I'm going to take you to the next step. I'm going to take you, I'm going to show you how to turn all this around, how to create a world that's worth living in. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you get a blessing. Be sure, share this with friends, share this with people that you think will help. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.